Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, everybody. Cheryl Atkinson here. Welcome to another edition of Full Measure After Hours. Today, we're going to update one of the more interesting stories I've ever covered about a fascinating whistleblower who was put in jail by one federal agency and then rewarded beyond his wildest dreams by another federal agency. Do you have something to say and want to make your own podcast? Let me tell you how to do that for free with Anchor. Anchor has creation tools that let you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. You can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's all you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Before we dive in, I hope you will consider pre-ordering my new book, out at the end of November. It's called Slanted, How the News Media Taught Us to Love Censorship and Hate Journalism. Out late November, great Christmas present for yourself or someone who cares about the topic of media manipulation and bias. You can pre-order Slanted on Amazon or really anywhere. Today's topic, I think, is obviously interesting on its face because this man is so interesting, the one we're going to talk about, but also his story reflects a lot of what's wrong in our government system. And I think that's what makes it more interesting in the biggest picture. But the story is about a whistleblower named Brad Birkenfeld. And he was a manager at Switzerland's largest bank, UBS, some years ago. He managed offshore money for wealthy clients. I believe he says the minimum account size that he handled was a million dollars. And in the course of his business as a banker at UBS, he came to understand that there were a lot of Americans illegally hiding their money using this Swiss bank. And in 2007, he decided to break open the legendary Swiss bank secrecy and blow the whistle on these accounts. He exposed one of the longest and largest tax frauds in the world. It was 19,000 illegal offshore accounts with what he said were $20 billion in assets managed through something at UBS called the American Desk. And the American Desk, the way Birkenfeld describes it, is the desk that handled all the important high-value clients um, from people here in the United States, powerful people, important people, celebrities, and so on. He said that they would set up accounts for Americans in Geneva or Zurich, and these would be numbered accounts And through these accounts, the Americans would not have to pay any capital gains taxes, no income taxes, no inheritance taxes. And because of 
Swiss bank secrecy. No one was allowed to look at the accounts, so the government couldn't see it. He says ex-wives couldn't see this money, tax authorities, nobody could. And having undeclared accounts is illegal for Americans because they are supposed to declare all of their worldwide income. So in 2007, Brad Birkenfeld says he decides to blow the whistle to the U.S. Justice Department. And this is where the story gets even more interesting because he says when he went to the Department of Justice with his attorney, they treated him like the criminal. They didn't seem to want his information. They didn't seem to want to know about the Americans, the very powerful and rich Americans who are hiding their money um, in these UBS numbered accounts. According to Birkenfeld, the Justice Department in 2007 was very hostile. One thing he says, the moment he walked in, they said he was not a whistleblower. They considered him a tipster. And he said he felt so much hostility, he ended up asking his attorneys, why is he wasting his time? They clearly don't want the information. They were berating and belittling him rather than acting interested in the information that he could provide. So um, as to why they would do such a thing, there's a really just speculation on Birkenfeld's part, but he knew, of course, that UBS had powerful connections among high-ranking Democrats and Republicans. We're talking about UBS relationships with um, the Obamas, the Clintons, George W. Bush. Uh, th there's nothing necessarily nefarious about that because big corporations do make high political contacts. But in this case, Birkenfeld wondered if these contacts had something to do with the fact that the information he wanted to provide against UBS was not being well-received by the Justice Department. And in the end, the Justice Department turned around and used the information that Birkenfeld provided as a whistleblower, in his view, to prosecute him. They said that he was part of this fraud and therefore he was the criminal, where his viewpoint was, he was unwittingly part of it, and as he came to realize that this was being done, he blew the whistle on it and shouldn't be the one who was punished. But they prosecuted him, and he served two and a half years in prison, while most of the tax evaders that he exposed got off scot-free. How did that happen? Well, in 2009, then-Secretary of State Hillary Clinton negotiated a big government settlement with UBS to settle these cases of the alleged tax evasion and the tax evaders. As part of that, UBS agreed to pay the United States $780 million. Sounds like a lot of money, a big settlement, good news for the United States, but Birkenfeld claims that's about a billion dollars less than UBS made in profits from the illegal accounts. So in other words, Birkenfeld says UBS was perfectly happy to skate away with what looked like a big fine because they had made much, much more money. But what I found more intriguing is, remember there were 19,000 tax evaders that Birkenfeld exposed, but UBS in this deal agreed to turn over names of just 4,700 of the tax evaders, just a fraction of them. So my question, and turns out Birkenfeld had the same question, well, who gets to decide if there are 19,000 tax evaders and UBS agrees to turn over 4,700 names, who gets to decide the names? Who gets to decide which names will go to the United States and which names get to be kept secret that nobody ever knows? And why? Why should any tax evaders have their names secret? And as Brad Birkenfeld told me, 
Is it church bingo parlor where you put your hand in a bowl and you pull out 4,700 numbers of the 19,000 and those are the ones whose names get turned over? Who selected the names? Was it the State Department, the U.S. government? Was it UBS? And who came up with the number of 4,700? So I think that's very interesting. But secondly, I asked, I asked both the State Department and Brad Birkenfeld, do we know the names of the 4,700? Because certainly that should be, in my view, public information and public record. These are alleged criminals whose names were turned over as part of this deal. But we have never seen a third-party forensic accounting of those names. Um, I have asked the State Department for the names or the list of names, but they have not responded. So we pay our taxes, and as Brad Birkenfeld says, most of the audience watching Full Measure uh, probably pays their taxes. Why should the millionaires and billionaires who are evading taxes get away with not doing so and have their names hidden or not turned over at all? So meantime, Brad Birkenfeld is serving time in federal prison after having blown the whistle while watching most of the tax evaders he exposed get off scot-free, and while the bank that he blew the whistle on got off with, according to him, making a billion dollars in profit from the illegal activity. And while in prison, Birkenfeld actually applied for a whistleblower award because he exposed the fraud and the hiding of money, which the government was able to recover some of. So the way that works, there is whistleblowing law for the IRS, and anyone who blows the whistle on tax fraud or tax-related crimes can get 15 to 30% of whatever the government recovers because that whistleblower exposed the facts. So, uh, in essence, Brad Birkenfeld says $400 million was recovered by the U.S. government as a result of him blowing the whistle on these accounts at UBS, and he got 26% of it, which is $104 million, meaning... While one branch of the federal government put him in prison, the Justice Department, another federal agency, the IRS, made him the richest whistleblower in American history by giving him, paying him $104 million of the money recovered as a result of his whistleblowing. So he's a criminal in the eyes of the Justice Department, but sort of a hero and whistleblower in the eyes of the IRS under their whistleblowing law. So now with Birkenfeld out of prison and more money than he can shake a stick at, he said he's on a new mission. What he really wants to do is expose the government for targeting him. He believes the Justice Department engaged in improper and corrupt activities by targeting him instead of going after the people who he felt committed the alleged crimes. And he feels like uh, the Justice Department went easy on the bad guys. And he wants to expose corruption inside the Department of Justice. So that's what he's spending a lot of his time doing. If you want to know more about this story and hear from Brad Birkenfeld himself, which I highly recommend, we will have his story as part of our program this week on Full Measure, which would be May 3rd, Sunday. And if you want to catch us on television, if you go to CherylAckison.com and click the little tab that says full measure you can see a station list all the different ways you can watch full measure in your town on tv or if you don't have a station you can see this live online at fullmeasure.news you can see it live or replay on the app stir s-t-i-r-r which is available most anywhere 
But one of the easiest ways, I think, is if you miss it every other way, just go to fullmeasure.news sometime in the afternoon on Sunday, May 3rd, and all the segments from the program are posted right there and easy to view. We also have a couple other really interesting stories this week, including an interview with the land commissioner in Texas, George P. Bush, who, yes, he is related to the famous Bush family, but we're talking about the Texas oil and gas industry, which we reported on a year ago was really at the top of its game with with America having gone to the top of the heap as an oil and gas producer, best in the world, and now you know what's happened as a result of the coronavirus plus some other world happenings going on. So we're going to talk to them about what's happening not just in Texas and how it impacts Texas, but how it impacts all of us because so much of our economy is tied into and and the success that we have and can have is tied into the Texas oil and gas industry. So that's part of our program this week as well. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and I hope you subscribe to Full Measure After Hours and listen to and subscribe to the Cheryl Ackeson podcast too. That's a separate podcast. Think for yourself, do your own research and make up your own mind. Thanks for listening.